Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show... We are talking about what we wish we knew about creating characters. Yeah, you guys get us again. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, Jamie is very good at this. This is something that's really hard for me. So basically, I'm interviewing Jamie. No. To get all, <laughs> all our tips and ideas. <laughs> so, but first, before we get into that, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. I went to see um, Marry Me. The oh, romantic comedy, so cute, so good. I really enjoyed it. I thought they did a good job. Uh, a lot of times with rom coms, I feel like it gets something gets messed up in the editing, and like we go from like we're going <laughs> along the story, and then all of a sudden we're like at the end, and we've missed a big part mm-hmm. because they had to edit it out. And I didn't feel that way in this. Mm-hmm. It had a nice progression, and it, you know, mm-hmm. had a clear black moment and then a clear resolution I I kind of felt like um my only criticism was as a rom-com author is that I felt like he needed to make the grand gesture because he's the one that kind of broke it off with her Mm. but um but the way they did it was great and um yeah so it was very cool yeah. No, so I have not made, made it to see Death on the Nile yet, but that's yes. on my list. Well, you know, I, I saw watch, that too. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> and you enjoyed it. Yes. So, yeah, that's good. So I did watch um, on Amazon. There's a rom-com called Book of Love. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's oh, about. I've seen that. I need to look at it. It's it's pretty funny. It's about an uh, author whose book is not selling well. He's British mm-hmm. and it gets translated into Spanish and his translator adds in all these sexy scenes and all this stuff. And all of a sudden it's a bestseller. And of course the publishing part of it is just like, you just have to like say, yeah. okay, it's a movie. Yeah. It's not accurate because like right. all of a sudden it's selling well, you're going on a book tour. Guess what? You yeah. leave tomorrow. You know, it's all yeah. those things that you're like, yeah. no, that would well, not happen. Yeah. I mean, it's the same <laughs> thing with marry me, you know, I mean, they're at a concert and she picks him out of a crowd and said, yes, I'll marry you. You know, I mean, <laughs> After getting a heartbroken, I mean, it's like you just have to suspend reality, which is fine with me. I mm-hmm. totally can do that. Uh, but some people can't, and I get it. But yeah. just so that people, <laughs> I don't go to the movie every day, but <laughs> I do have uh, that we have Regal Theater, and I have Regal, like I have their membership, so I can go when I want. And it's, you know, free. Yeah, so she, and, uh, well, it's not free, it's for the membership price, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I usually go in the evenings when my husband's watching sports, and so yeah, there you go, and everybody's happy. <laughs> All right. So, well, I have not done much this week. Um, I've been working on writing, mm-hmm. and the book is going fine, just mm-hmm. slow. You know, even yeah. though I know where it's going now, it's still slow. But um, nothing else. Yeah, super exciting. So, I know. I know. yeah, not a lot going on on that nope. front. Yep. So, yeah. so let's get talk into about the characters. Show. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about characters. So um, we're going to give some specific examples later, but mm-hmm. um, first we were going to go through just some questions about um, kind of how different ways to create characters and how characters have come to us. And so one of our questions is, has anything triggered 
a character idea for you. And I have something for this if you want me to go, go first. Go ahead. Yeah, you go so, first. So um, I was reading an article a while back, like in, it was during the crash in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was about this couple that they, um, they wanted to get divorced, but they couldn't sell their house and all their money was wrapped up in their house. So they mm-hmm. ended up getting divorced, but they lived in separate sections in their house. Mm-hmm. And like he had, they had like a, a, you know, like you have this room and I have this room and then the kitchen is the common area. And I just thought that was an interesting concept. And I've, mm-hmm. I thought, what if I use that for a book? And I had a character who like she and her husband, her ex-husband had to share the same house because they couldn't sell it to get their assets out. Right. But, you know, then they're together. It was one of those, like they're forced proximity, mm-hmm. you know, but it was actually a mystery. So that was just the jumping off point for yeah. her situation. Mm-hmm. And I kind of built the character around that. And then it was also a reaction to, I'd done the Ellie books and Ellie mm-hmm. was a mom and she had kids and she, you know, like everything I had to always think about the kids, like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, she wouldn't take the kids to go interview a murder suspect. Yeah. So what can I do with them? <laughs> you know, in book 10, where can they go? And, uh, yeah. and they were little, so she couldn't just send them off to school. Right. So, um, so with this other book, I was like, okay, I'm gonna make this character forced proximity. She's gonna have to be in this house with her ex-husband mm-hmm. and she's going to be so impulsive. She's going to be basically the opposite of the other character. I'd yeah. Written. Yeah. And so that was kind of the genesis of that idea. So yeah, that's how that came about. What about you? I love that. Well, I, first of all, I love for, force proximity. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite trope, and it's in most of my books. So you can tell that it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not terribly original. It's high um, on your list. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the beginning, like I would say Scarlet in Running from a Rock Star, that my first book is like I used to be a lot, you know, worried about what people thought about her worried about what her family thought about, worried about letting her family down. Um, Because, you know, you just kind of write what you know, and you don't really think about, you know, you don't think about it until it's over with and you go, oh, well, there's a lot of me in that. So, um, but I can't think of anything that, like any real life experience that really um, spurred a character my characters just kind of come to me it, it's mm-hmm. kind of um I don't know if this is even going to help but it's like like with the book I'm writing now like the whole thing came to me but not the entire book I wish but like <laughs> like the, the situation the situation like the whole feel of it mm-hmm. and based on the feel of it I kind of know what kind of characters I have to have um so, yeah, I mean, that's, no, that's I think really- that's important to say because there are different ways to do this. And yes. So I yeah. think that's important that that's how you it works for you. Yeah. Whereas somebody else might need to do character sheets and stuff. And we'll talk right. about that later. Yeah, but, we will. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's totally legitimate to do yeah. it that way. Um, I have been like places and seen people like mm-hmm. what I remember specifically. I never wrote this book, but um, we were at a Baylor football game when my daughter was in college there. And um, there was this guy standing on the sideline in a um, dressed in all black, you know, black jacket, black, I mean, he black uh, leather jacket and everything had his phone to his ear most of the game. And I remember thinking, 
what's his story? Like, mm-hmm. what's his story? And so mostly my, I think the stories come first and then I plug my characters in, but I don't know. I mean, I can't say <laughs> that for everything, but because right. especially if you, if you're writing a series, you have char- kind of established characters that right. you create a story for. So yeah. yeah that's- well, so how much of a character do you know when you start writing then? Um, in the past, I've known a good part of it. Uh, like this story I'm writing now, I knew more. I knew more about them. Um, and I really can't, I feel like I can't get a good hold on the story unless I know the characters. But sometimes that's just revealed as I'm going through writing the book. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, not sometimes, most of the time. Uh, because I just feel like once you get into the story, you really see the characters. And, and I mean, we one of the reasons we're doing this is because you had listened to the Sasha Black uh, Rebel Author mm-hmm. podcast where I was a guest and you said you liked some of my answers. And, you know, one of them was about Jack in mm-hmm. the second book. And the thing about him is he's just arrogant and he's wealthy and, you know, Luann hates him because of all of those things. But what I, and I'm like, you know, I've got to make this guy likable. Like, mm-hmm. and how are you going to do a, that? Yeah, he's got to <laughs> have a save the cat. And so I thought, well, I can't, you know, like when I'm first started writing it, you know, he's trying to get to this memorial uh, dinner for his mom um, who passed away, you know, like a year before or something like that. Uh, she worked in the school system. And so they were doing the, he's creating this scholarship thing. So he's trying to get there. But even that, what, cause the mom's dead. I mean, it's like, yeah. it wasn't quite enough. It right? wasn't enough. And as I'm, as we're making our way to that place, to that place, even though that's just like the first, like the end of the first act, really. Uh-huh. Um, I realized he grew up dirt poor, like homeless dirt, living in his car, living in their car, dirt poor. Mm-hmm. And that is his secret. That's his wound. That's what he, that's everything he does is to cover that up and forget that person. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, it it was like, you could just hear everything slotting into place. And that book was so easy to write because all I had to do was keep bringing that up and mm-hmm. make sure that he was growing through that, but also that was his, you know, I mean, just life out of control, that sort of thing just triggered him in all kinds of ways. So. Yeah. So when you're trying to do that, do you, are you like mentally clicking through different ideas and options until you hit on it? Or is it just kind of a subconscious thing that you're just letting it's your brain work really on? just sort of a subconscious thing. <laughs> That's I good. Mean, I wish my subconscious would do that. Sometimes it is you know, deliberate. And I, I am thinking like, and I was trying to think what, 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 but at one point she has to go to like goodwill to get clothes because she's just in her wedding dress. Cause it's a runaway bride thing. And while, when, when we got to the, I think it's called discount mart or something like that in mm-hmm. my book, that's when it hit me. Like mm-hmm. when I started writing his, his point of view in that book, I was like, Oh my gosh, if he were, if he grew up poor, if he grew up having other people's clothes, if he 
had a football jersey that he adored and treasured, but then some kid at school said, hey, that's my shirt because it had been signed to him by the athlete. Mm -hmm. Then he would have to, because his whole thing is, you know, like charm and and, um, all of this stuff is, that's his arsenal. Like that's deflection and Mm -hmm. being funny and all this. That's how he learned to survive is mm-hmm. to be funny and to deflect and all of this stuff. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that that's, that's this that's entire it. story. That's this yeah. entire story. And yeah. so, um, yeah, so it, that's how it hit me. However, in the like homecoming King, um, I knew him. So, I mean, I knew him well enough to start writing and, and he is, Super, 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 super successful professional football player. But he grew up in this little town. His family is hated. They were the, you know, the uh, the King boys. They were just kind of had a bad reputation, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, really bad reputation. And and then his dad and uncles who had the bad reputation, they died in a car accident. So it's just he and his mom after that. He's still young. But the town still treats them like it, like they follow them around the grocery store, or, you know, making sure yeah. they're not going to steal it, whatever. But then when he starts throwing a football, all that changes, you know, once he mm-hmm. realized he could throw a perfect spiral, everything changed and people started um, wanting him to be around, wanting to be his friend, want, you know, and all that. And that shaped him you know, that completely shaped him. And that made that book easier to write because I knew who he was like, you know, you just have to kind of pull those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, for me, I'm the same. I may have a general idea Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of a character, like it's kind of foggy, but then once I get in there and start writing, Mm -hmm. then the character becomes more clear. And sometimes when I get done, I have to go back and fix certain things. Do you have to go back? Oh yeah. 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 Because like in that book in, in homecoming King, she's, you know, she's an ex beauty queen. She's rich. She's beautiful. I mean, you know, poor little beautiful rich girl. <laughs> I mean, it's like, she was not sympathetic. I mean, she just was not sympathetic, but then you create this story behind it. And now she's rebuilding, like she's rejected all of that. And she is rebuilding her life. Mm-hmm based on who she wants to be and who she wants to be seen as, as opposed to what she looks like, what she has. Yeah. 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 And so in the rewrites of that, I, I mean, I put some of it in there during the first draft, but in the rewrite, I really had to go in and, and make, you know, create depth for her Mm -hmm. character and make it believable. I mean, that's, that's a problem too. You know, you got to make it believable. And so, you know, but uh, I will tell you that book gets um, the reviews on that book are amazing in that people get it. Like it's wor- the theme of that book is self-worth. Like your mm-hmm. worth is not in what you look like, what you have, what you can do. It is in what you bring to the table, like at this moment and who mm-hmm. you are as a person yeah. and yeah. Uh, people get it. You know, yeah. and they really, and that really resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. So. And that makes the book so rich because yeah. you've got both characters kind of working through that. Yeah. And, you know, it just gives you 
that little extra something that the readers they want that little the the readers that want the depth and the extra yeah, yeah. layers love that so and it takes a while yeah. to get there right? for, yeah. for me and, anyway yeah me too and you know the thing is that like for rom com books the, the there's not always that that kind of character development depth of character and that's fine I mean there are people that read my books and they're like whoa there was too much, too much, too, many, yeah. too much feels too much. You know, I just want the funny and there is yeah. a lot of funny in my book, but there's also, um, there are also these characters that are, I try to make them as real as possible in these ridiculous situations. And it's tricky, you know, sometimes yeah. that's tricky. Sometimes I hit the mark. Sometimes I don't. Um, but again, there are rom-com readers that are like, mm, this is too much. Mm-hmm. I just want something I just want something yeah. funny and light and I don't want to have to think about anything. And that's yeah. okay. You know, they're yeah. not my readers. So Yeah. And that's part of it too, is you mm-hmm. figure out what is going to resonate with your specific, because even right. though you say I write rom-com or I write cozy, there's all yeah. kinds of different varieties within, yes. you know, sub yes. sub. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it's the feelings you get mm-hmm. when you read instead of just the, this is a cozy. It takes mm-hmm. place with a, in a bakery with mm-hmm. a, you know, dog sidekick, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, is it going to be, silly funny is it going right. to be a little more uh puzzle mystery mm-hmm. you know so you have all these varieties so I totally right. agree with that. Right. So. Yeah. well um what do you wish you had known about creating characters now looking back do you have anything that you wish you had known mm. I mean when I first started writing Rockstar you know they were pretty they were pretty one dimensional, you know, I mean, the characters were because I was just trying to write something funny and it was in my critique group with my critique partners where they're like, you know, it it can be funny, but these people need to be relatable and real and not necessarily my main characters, but like in the, in the bride's books, you know, there's honey Aunt Mm -hmm. honey who is, she's just, a character. I mean, she's a character, but in the beginning, she was very character, character, character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was more <laughs> of a caricature than she was a character. And, and she was kind of a cliche, which she's kind of supposed to be, but well, I what, was, what did you do to make yeah. her not like that? Well, I tried to take out <laughs> <laughs> I tried to take out a lot of the cliches that, you know, uh-huh. I still love some in, but, but also um, she, she really does love her family. Like, like you try to layer around, like sometimes you layer under, you know, mm-hmm. I, like I think your main characters, you layer under, you know, they got a backstory, they got mm-hmm. this, they got that. But with, side characters you kind of have to layer around I feel like you know mm-hmm. here is this character and then you try to put things out plus also the way people see her like the yeah. way the way her scarlet her niece sees her she loves her she right. she admires her she um she feels safe with her um honey's probably the only person that Scarlet feels like wouldn't judge her, mm-hmm. but she can't tell Scar- she can't tell Honey the truth because Honey can't hold water. She can't keep a secret. So, and this <laughs> this is a fake relationship. So she, you know, yeah. So it's really also how I think how other other characters in the book see 
this one specific character, when they see them as a real person, a loving person or a not loving person and someone to be feared, whatever that rounds out the character. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm making, I'm making motions with my hands. Yeah. But yeah, I think with your side characters, that's one of the best ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I try to like with mysteries, a lot of my characters, they have the secrets mm-hmm. that will be the red herrings or the clues, right. but you don't find that out right away. So like right. as the story goes on, then you find out more about them. And I tried to, I always try to give them like something a little unexpected to make mm-hmm. them seem more real in some ways. Like if I have a character, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's, you know, too stereotypical. And it's kind of boring. I'll try and think of something that might be interesting. About them. Right. Pursuit or hobby or, you know, something that gives them an extra dimension. Right. Besides, right. or like a goal they have that's right. not, uh, you know, related to anything else. That it right. could, like, that's what makes them a little bit different. I remember I was reading a book one time and there's this character that's like a sergeant is a historical mystery. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, at the crime scene. And normally, you know, you just have a guy come in and do stuff and leave. But they gave him, he loves footprints. And he's like, he has like this, he's creating this catalog of different types of footprints. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, it's like yeah. a little quirky thing, but then it makes yeah. you remember him. So, yeah. 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 I, so I was, um, well, I was just going to say, like in uh, Running from a Rock Star, uh, when Scott, because, you know, it's Wake Up in Vegas, Mary, mm-hmm. and he follows her back to Texas, they decide to get, stay married, um, you know, yeah. marriage convenience kind of thing. And they're sort of getting to know each other, but they, you know, don't. And he, she says something about their housekeeper who is single and single mom and doesn't have, you know, kind of came back to town broke and everything. And Gavin Amelie's like, does she need money? Like, I've got money. Does she need money? Because he has a real soft spot for single moms. But then he, she finds out that he works with this organization that helps single moms. And he gives, you know, he gives a lot of money to this organization. And she says, I don't know why he won't just stay in his superficial rock star box like that. I want him in that box because I, I don't have to like, she can I don't deal have, with that. I can deal with that. I can't deal with it. And I think as you're creating characters, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get them out of that box. Right. Like we're trying yes. to create all of this stuff to get them out of that kind of one dimensional box. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only, I mean, I, this took question, like what do you wish you'd done about characters is hard because it's, I think yeah. the only thing that I wish I had known is just how important characters are to a mystery, yeah. like yeah. especially a serious mystery, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I mean, I was so fo- in the beginning, I was so focused on the plot and getting everything yeah. all lined up and making sure it all worked, that that was my main focus. And my characters were like, eh, you know, yeah. <laughs> this will work. And like you said, Scarlet was a lot like you. My first series, my protagonist was a lot like me. Right. And I think that's very common. So yeah, I think I it is too. Yeah. Use that and got to get going and then gave her some other characteristics that were not like me at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, now I've come to realize that the series that I kept coming back to and the authors I keep coming back to mm-hmm. are the ones that have the really rich interesting characters that I want right. to read about. And the mystery is like, yeah, that's great. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've never gotten anybody email me and say, 
oh, I so love that plot. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I love Olive or I love Jasper or I love them together. So yeah, I think that's what I wish I'd known. Yeah. So we were going to talk a little bit about ways to create characters. And so Mm -hmm. we've got a list here. This is not exhaustive at no, all. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just some ideas. Like if you're we came up with this over uh, La Madeleine uh, potato lunch. Soup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one thing that's really common is like character sheets. Yeah. Um, or like a history of your mm-hmm. character backstory, whatever. Yeah. So have you ever used those? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> Well, I did. Oh my gosh. I'm, so, I'm the worst. Yeah. No, no I have okay. You go ahead. You talk about them. Well, it doesn't sound like you need to use them. So well, I, um, know, I, I tried them, like my first couple of yeah. books. I had, you know, I did. I thought that's what you're supposed to do. So yeah. I made a little list. And I was like, yeah. this is what they look like. This was what right. they did. This is how they grew up. These were their parents. Right. Perfume they were. This is the car they drive. <laughs> and then I would start writing the book. And two or three times by the third book, I was like, this does not help me at all because I get into the book and I'd start writing and then I would either not use any of that at all Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or it would be totally different. The character would turn out differently as I was writing. So yeah, those don't work for me, but other people love them. So I know. And I think they can be good to get you started. Like I think that, I mean, I wouldn't discount them at all. I think they're good to get you started. They're good to get you going and give you an idea. But for me, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm unique. I think there are a lot of people that write this way. Everything just sort of happens organically. Like it Mm -hmm. just, like you have an idea, but then either you make your story fit your characters or you make your characters fit your story. And for me, I, that's sort of how I write. And it could be why it takes me so long, but you know, I I have never used them because I don't find them, um, I don't find the idea of doing them very helpful. Like it, yeah. to me, that just seems like more work. Yeah. I understand which, that. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, if you use them and you want to come on and talk about how great they are, <laughs> then we would love to have you, but we, neither one of us use them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now I have used images in the mm-hmm. past, mm-hmm. especially for the historical. I didn't use them as much with my contemporary cozies, but like the historical, I find it's helpful to have, an image, especially when I was getting started, when I was writing the early books to have an image of what the person looked like Mm -hmm. and sometimes places they would be like these, you know, beautiful country homes, stately mansions. It it helped me kind of give a jumping off point. So I've used images. Um, I think you said you don't really use that, right? No, I mean, I had, I did in the beginning with uh, Scarlett and Gavin and then they turned out, well, Scarlett still kind of looks like what I, you know, what I had. But Gavin, uh, he changed because, well, mm-hmm. because I couldn't find a um, cover model that mm-hmm. I felt oh, I like know. looked like. So I had to go back in and make him dark headed and because he was kind of not dark headed. He was kind of blondish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that, I was like, mm, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. The problem I, mean, I have me, in my mind what they look yeah. like, but it's not anyone. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, the problem I found with looking for images is everybody's too pretty online. Like, you know, like if you're looking for just like an average normal and that's not as hard to find in historical photos because there's Mm -hmm. like people who are uploading like their old family photos. There was one image that was like, 
these are the different haircuts from the 1920s. And I was like, oh my gosh, some of these look so terrible. You know, they're obviously not the posed magazine photos, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so um, what about the Enneagram? Now, I do use the Enneagram uh, per Claire Taylor, who we've had mm-hmm. on the yeah. uh, the show. Claire does a whole uh, class about the Enneagram and using them for story and characters and stuff. And um, so the last couple of books I've, I've done, I've used the Enneagram. The one I'm writing now um, She's she's a seven. He's an eight. If you're not familiar <laughs> with the Enneagram, you can go look it up. But but the cool thing about the Enneagram is that, well, and I found a like a printout and it says their core fear, their core desire, their self-image, their core weakness, core longing. At their best, they're like this. At their worst, they're like this. And how to treat that. Yeah. And and if you've got that, then you can write a book because you have, you know, what triggers them, you know, what right. makes them act well, you know, what makes them act badly, you know, um, what other person would, and seven and eight is, they're pretty much opposites. And eight is very driven. I mean, they're, they're, um, they're very responsible. Like their motto is that the, the chain is only weak, as weak as its weakest link and right. they're not going to be that weak link. And then the seven is eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Like it's just <laughs> woo, it's, already time. Yeah. So, you know, those two have an innate conflict, conflict already right built away. in. Yeah. yeah. And so with the Enneagram, you can see that. Like you can, mm-hmm. if you don't know, if you're not really sure about your characters from the beginning and it, and you've got some wiggle room and stuff, you can go in and look at that. Uh, Claire could describe it much better than me, yeah. but, but it has, it has helped me kind of stay focused and keep me from um, veering off track and keeping their motivation on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've kind of dabbled with that, but I don't know it as well as some other things. So and it's kind of complicated, actually. It when is you very start complicated. And like I am the not an expert. Wing of whatever is yeah. like my yeah. mind kind of shuts yeah. down. So yeah. um, I take like the high level stuff, and I've used that. And then I've That's also used. Yeah. Um, what is it like if you're in INTJ or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the Myers Briggs? Yes, I've used yes. that before, mm-hmm. and um, I think actually the Enneagram would probably be more helpful because it gives you like what people want and what they don't want and what, yeah. you know, yeah. so I'm, I can see how that could be more beneficial than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, another thing is like astrological signs. I've heard of authors who use that yeah. just like to get started, you know, right, right, give right. them a basis. Um, strengths, the yeah. uh, strengths is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becca, of course, mm-hmm. everybody take a drink because mm-hmm. we're talking about strengths. <laughs> Um, she has a, a course on using the strengths to create characters. And I took yeah. that. It was very good. And it gave me some great ideas. And I think that I would probably use the strengths more now going forward and kind of combine it with the Enneagram kind of to get mm-hmm. different yeah. things. Yeah. So those are just some ideas. Did I miss yeah. any or have you thought of well, any Well, I think with the astrological signs, a lot, and I, it doesn't always go with the astrological signs, but I do know that a lot of people will use tarot cards too oh, yeah. for their characters. They'll pull cards for them. And yeah. I find that fascinating. I don't know anything about tarot. I've had my tarot word once, but, um, but I find that fascinating. And I think that that um, can help. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, just trying to go with real life people. Oh, yeah. A lot of people do that. Yeah, I've done that. Especially for my 1920s stuff. I've read uh, memoirs and biographies and like I'll pull like like a character idea and I don't use them verbatim. Some people like use historical characters in their books, like real people. And I don't do that. But, um, you know, sometimes I'll read about somebody. I'm like, oh, wow, they're so interesting. And then I'll just kind of fictionalize them and add other characteristics and change things up. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I hesitate to say this because if anyone from my hometown is listening, but I don't think they are, uh, you know, I mean, it's like there are people in my books that reflect, they're not them, but reflect some of the characteristics of some of the people I knew in my hometown or incidents that happen in my hometown. Or if I hear a funny story like I was, I'm on TikTok and, and so one of my TikTok videos, I duetted, there's this woman in this small town, someone called her mom to tell her mom that she was buying alcohol at the (laughs) store. This woman is 48 years old. (laughs) And so, I mean, that's that's going in a book. I'm sorry. That is going in a book. Yeah. Uh, My family just did something hilarious. And I mean, it was very sweet and touching, but it was kind of inappropriate definitely book fodder right yeah, it's book fodder and it's go it's how my next book's starting so you know um so just kind of looking at you know based like for me because it's small town the quirkier the better and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I put in books I have had people say I don't believe that would really happen and I'm like oh but it did <laughs> you know and here's the pictures now <laughs> yeah really I've got I've got documented proof so yeah it's for me, the quirkier, the better, but for, if you're writing anything else, you know, um, things you read online, things mm-hmm. stories you see, yeah. you know, yeah. Huffington Post, Reddit, those are mm-hmm. gold mines. Yeah. yeah. I don't use ideas. as much of that now because yeah. I'm writing the historical and my ideas come from like reading things mm-hmm. that happened back then. But when I was doing the cozies, I, I pretty much just read the news to pull out ideas of things right. for red herrings and clues and characters. And like I read about when we lived in Washington, DC, there was this group of people that they would hula hoop in the afternoon (laughs) in the mall, you know, in the park area because it's such good core workout. Yeah. And so it was all these like people that worked in government and stuff, you know, all these, you know, (laughs) business, like not business people, but like people who worked in all of the government offices Uh out there hula hooping. Uh And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can use that. So I put that in one of my books as this character's hobby just because I thought it was so funny. And I would have never thought of that if I hadn't read it in the newspaper. And I was like, okay, I can definitely use that. Right. Right. And of course he was embarrassed because he was a military guy and he didn't want to know if he was hula hooping hooping. on his lunch break. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. Um, I love it. Yeah. Well, um, how important do you think characters' names are? Oh, I don't know. I mean, their names just sort of come to me again. But I will say in the book I'm writing, I wanted her name to be something with an I, you know, mm-hmm. Carly with an I. And it's Carly uh-huh. with an I because, you know, of course, that's annoying to him. Uh, but I did Molly. I did Frankie. I did Billy, you know, and none of them felt right. But when I hit mm-hmm. Carly, I was like, oh, okay, that's 
that just mm-hmm. feels right to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in Homecoming King, her na- his name is Cash King. Her name is Tiger Lions. I mean, I. But purpose- she had a hard time coming up with. Was it Tiger? One it of those. Tiger. I mean, yeah. yeah. And and I, but I purposely made her name, well, their names, weird, because when I was first thinking of the book, I knew his name was going to be King, like something King. And uh, so Cash King, and I had this line come to my head, like, with a name like that, you're either going to be a pimp or a professional athlete. And I'm doing everything (laughs) I can to, to be the athlete. (laughs) And so I thought, well, if he's got a name like that, then she needs a name. And I worked with a girl and her on her birth certificate, her name is Tiger. Like that is her name. And so I just thought, well, you know, she's from a wealthy family. Sometimes they have eccentric things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've gotten hit, you know, some people love it. Some people don't love it. Again, they're not my readers if they don't love it. Um, Because those sorts of things are the things I do. Like in duking it out, uh, his name's Duke. But I did that on purpose because I kind of knew that if I did a series with that, it would be something related to royalty, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her name is Sienna. Mm-hmm. She's a professional tennis player. Well, Serena Williams. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was like yeah. that just sort of came, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I, but then on the other hand, I don't know that it matters. That, I mean, it matters yeah. to you. I think it matters if it, right. you have to connect with the name because mm-hmm. you've got to be able to connect with the character. Right. Yeah. And so like, I just rambled a lot to say that. Well, no, I think that's true, though, because when I'm reading a book, I'm not thinking about the character's name. Usually mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about like, oh, what is this? Why would yeah. they pick this? Right. But like for the Olive books, I had I had was, you know, figuring out the names and I Olive has a cousin and in the beginning, Olive's name, I was calling her Violet and her cousin mm-hmm. was called Olive. Mm-hmm. And it just, like you said, it just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And like for their personalities, I was like, I just don't think that's it. Mm-hmm. But then once I switched those, it, all it was like, oh, okay, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And I've, I go round and round with names. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I have the book I'm working on now. One character's name has changed, I kid you not, like 15 times. And I have this list. I just keep marking them out and trying a new one. And then I'll and then I go back and I do the search replace. Right. And right. I think, okay, that's it. And I'm like, no, it's not it. you know. And I don't know why, but like for me, I have to have the right name before yeah. I get to the end of the story. Yeah. You know, I mean, and- yeah, me too. And like the book I'm writing, his name is significant. Like it's significant mm-hmm. to the story. It's a big reveal. I mean, mm-hmm. we know his name, but it's it's. It's part of the behind reveal. it. Yeah. Right. And, um, but sometimes I don't worry about, it. like with the first book, you know, um, Running from a Rock Star. I just wanted Gavin Bain as his name. And I was mm-hmm. like, that sounds like a rock star. I mean, you know, Gavin yeah. Bain. And then he, he had a, a, his musical partner was Johnny Wolf and they were Wolf Bane. And there you know. go. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I don't think it matters to the reader necessarily. Probably not as much as it matters to us. To us. Right? We need to connect with that. However, I will say that having Tiger as her name, 
I took the risk of pulling people out of the story with that name. And, and I, and it did for some people, but it, yeah. it was the, it was her name. I mean, that yeah. was just her name and I just went with it. So. Yeah. So do you use like baby name books or. Okay, for like, I use surname. I don't use baby names, but I use surnames because I find that I use the same surnames no. a lot. No, no, the, Holcomb. I love Holcomb. I don't know why I've, I've had to go back and change Holcomb in, in almost every book because I've used uh-huh. it. And I used it in like one of the first two books or something. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. I'll Google. And if I come up with a really unusual name, I'll Google to see if, especially Mm -hmm. a last name to see if it actually exists for some reason. I don't know why that makes me feel better to use it, but there is a website called, I think it's just called British surnames Mm -hmm. and you can go in and you can type in begins with like B R A. And then it brings up all these. I've used that. I've used uh, baby name books and you know websites yeah for just name generation right baby names um for the historicals i go back and i look at um you can look at census census data from mm-hmm. you know yeah like you figure out okay i needed the 1890 census for this person right. or whatever right. and uh and war memorials are actually a really good place to find oh. first and last names you just mix them up you know yeah. because there's sites that uh, in England, they've photographed all the war yeah. memorials. And you can just go search and find names. So, right, that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Place places are good for last names mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, names I think can be really hard. Yes, and I think they matter much more to us than to the reader. And I always want my names to have, like the meaning of the name to mm-hmm. either match the character or like be kind of a commentary on it you know maybe it's the opposite right. of what they are or something so right. way or more maybe complicated it is who they are yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. me too I do the yeah. same thing yeah yeah well we also want to touch on like backstory and physical description like how much do you include <laughs> how much is too much when do you know you're going overboard and all that <laughs> okay I, this is such a huge deal with character oh no I don't I do have backstory but I don't I don't spend just a ton of time on backstory. Like backstory usually comes to me as I'm either writing the character or right before I'm, you know, I'll have a little bit right before I develop, you know, start writing or whatever. Um, I think people can get really bogged down with backstory on their character, um, especially new writers. I think, mm-hmm. you know, they got to know all the stuff and all where, where they went to elementary school, who, you know, who their sixth grade girlfriend was, all, all that. And if it's relevant to the story, then yeah. But if it's not relevant to the story, then I, I just don't, I don't spend a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, physical descriptions, I do the basics. I, you know, dark hair, blue eyes. A full mouth. I mean, I don't know. I mean, and it's from the other person's point of view. So uh, really and truly, they're not a reliable narrator because they're seeing this person, (laughs) you know, with an attorney. Their POV. Yeah. Their POV. And so, uh, but I just don't spit because I want the reader to be able to create that person in their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I do the same thing. And I try and have other characters describe aspects or so-and-so was you know she had to look up because she was so petite 
you know, right, so right. then you know that normally she's yeah. smaller than, you know, average. average. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't, I like to have characters. I like to have readers use, create their own pictures of the characters, but I want to give them little clues, but I don't want to, you know, describe like the shape of their face and their nose and their lips and their teeth, I don't, right. unless it's important to right. the character. Like maybe somebody has right. the missing tooth and that's important or they yeah. have like a scar or a on their scar. eyebrow or something. Yeah. 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 And it makes yeah. them feel either embarrassed or proud or whatever. Then I would, right. I would describe it. Right. But, um, well, yeah. Like in uh, homecoming King, when it starts, he pulls into town and there's this giant billboard of her because she's Miss Texas and, mm-hmm. or she was. And so it's this huge thing. And I mean, just huge. And he's like, even with, with her, with a mustache, because somebody has vandalized it. <laughs> she's still gorgeous. You she's know, still it just pissed him <laughs> off. But then right after that, she is getting ready and she describes, she's describing what she's wearing, which is overalls and steel toe boots, because she is now a construction foreman, you know, mm-hmm. manager of this project. And <clears throat> so you see the di- dichotomy. The contrast. And- and she had, you know, she's got her hair in braids and, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But when he sees her, he still sees her like that billboard because he, that's mm-hmm. who she is to him. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, he has to change the way he sees her. Kind right. of thing. Yeah. And but you're uh, using that to reveal character. Yeah. Right. It's I not, mean, it's not, not like it's you're all just about character you know, development. The character stopping and looking in the mirror to yeah. describe themselves. That's right. like, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably. Don't know if I've ever done that. Can't remember. I don't think I right, have. Right, right, right. That's like one of the things you you should try not to do. You right. Know, like use the physical description either to reveal character or reveal how people see your character. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I had a micro tea partner, Carla. Uh, she told me that. Uh, did I? I don't know if I did it, but somebody in our critique group had said, you know, had looked in the mirror and described herself, and she was like, you know, readers that kind of puts readers off, I think. And, and I had never really thought of it, but I think that's true. If you're, if your character is sitting there talking about how voluptuous her lips are or how <laughs> vibrant her eyes, are, you know, I mean, her own eyes are, or whatever, it is a little off-putting. And so mm-hmm. I never really thought about it. So after I heard that, I was like, mm, I don't think I'll ever do that, you know, yeah, yeah. Just based on that, you know, because yeah. it is, that is true to me. I, I yeah. feel like, you know, yeah, I feel like it's much more effective to sprinkle in the physical descriptions and the backstory. Like if you just have like one thing happen that triggers a memory, right. then you can describe that little memory. And then that can open up. Right. You know, like I had a scene in the last book where it's at Christmas or it's coming up to Christmas uh-huh. And Jasper says something about, well, his family didn't celebrate Christmas mm-hmm. and all of his like, what, how could you not do that? You know? And right. so like that just gives you a little view into mm-hmm. his history. And then it makes readers curious because yes. they're like, why not? What happened? And so maybe right. you explain it there, or maybe you, you know, use that to hook readers further through. Right. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Gavin, as far as backstory goes um, in the first book, I, I distinctly remember this, that I fell in love with him writing this paragraph. Like <laughs> I had liked him. He was, you know, he was a good character, but I fell in love with him writing this paragraph. And it, it is, 
internal thought. It is not conversation or anything, but I mean, he, he was in the foster system. His mom abandoned him uh, kind of, <clears throat> she had a drug problem. Anyway, um, he used to fantasize that she would come pick him up and she would not, her skin would be clear and she would, you know, her teeth would be, uh, her smile would be full and mm-hmm. she would smell like vanilla and cookies and those sorts of things. But, you know, but then inevitably that dream would burst and then he'd cry like a baby. And yeah. so I fell in love with him writing that car- that little paragraph because that is his way. I mean, like, yeah, it's, yeah. to the heart of who he is, why he acts the way he, I mean, that one paragraph is why he acts the way he acts throughout the whole book. And so mm-hmm. um, I feel like um, if you, if you need to do backstory, it really should be do It should move the, the story forward. Like everything else, it should be critical to the character's development, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we were going to talk about main characters we've created, but I think we've kind of we've, we've already done that. that. Yeah. We've covered yeah. that. And then um, uh, who is your favorite side character or supporting character you've created? Oh, honey, by far. <laughs> She's not saying, oh, honey. She's saying yeah. the character, honey. The character, honey. <laughs> she is the most fun to write. She's hilarious. She, I get to say all the inappropriate things I want to say. And um yeah, she's just she's yeah. a super fun character to write. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, I interestingly think- enough, I tried to write a novella from her point of view, and it like it it hurt my brain, and I had to stop because I did not want to live in her head. <laughs> well, like, it's because funny, like, I, some yeah. of the really intriguing, funny side characters, their best is a side character, yes. right? Yes, she would not be good as a main character. It would just be too chaotic. But yeah. also that series I wrote in third person. So I was never in her head. I was just an mm-hmm. observer, basically close POV. But um, yeah, but she's totally fun to write. Yeah, that is cool. I think mine is probably, I enjoy writing Jasper because he's mm-hmm. kind of droll and mm-hmm. kind of like a combination of like, Lord Peter Whimsey was an inspiration and like, I don't know, but not, uh, it's just, he always can lighten the moment or he always yeah. has some quip that he can say that yeah. I enjoy that. I enjoy the mm-hmm. kind of lightness that he brings, which yeah. is good when you're mm-hmm. doing murder mystery sometimes. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah. So, and then we've already kind of touched on quirks and quirky characters. Do you have anything else to say? About well, that? I just think, you know, like if, if my character <laughs> shoves his fingers through his hair, uh, you know, to get it off his forehead, you you know, if that is his quirk, like his nervous habit, his tick, you want to sprinkle that in sparsely. You know, I've made the mistake of doing it too much. My editors had like, okay, we might need to rethink <laughs> every chapter having him do that. So, you know, whatever quirk or nervous habit or whatever they have, it should be when they are uncomfortable, when they're nervous, Mm -hmm. when they're, you know, or if it's something they do to comfort themselves, then Mm -hmm. it should be, it should be relevant to what's happening, but you also don't want to. You just don't want to overdo it. Right. Yeah. 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 And I find it's helpful like with my books because I've got like normally this cast of suspects that 
she's interviewing and like you don't know them very well at first mm-hmm. and then as the story goes on she learns more about them and you mm-hmm. learn them about their backstories and stuff so in the beginning sometimes it's good to have a quirk or a characteristic yeah that readers can go oh that's the person that always fidgets mm-hmm. you know and that's a good one because then they can be doing all kinds of different things you know, yeah. hair or being yeah. antsy or whatever yeah. um yeah so and i just for me i personally as a reader I don't like the quirky characters, like the quirky side characters. That's just like so over the top that right. you, it's almost unbelievable, right. you know? Right. So right. I like the ones that have just a couple of little things that are funny. Um, right. One, this is an example from TV. I've watched this uh, a Swedish translation series mm-hmm. called this I, as a Texan, I say sand ham because mm-hmm. I draw the words out, but they pronounce yeah. it sand home or something mm-hmm. like that. But there's this, character he lives on an island and whenever he goes back to home to the island his neighbor always comes over and borrows something mm-hmm. and it's like she never returns it and yeah. so like, after about the third episode you're like oh she's coming over to borrow the bottle yeah. of wine and she's not gonna yeah <laughs> yeah she, exactly or she can borrow the gas can because she mm-hmm. needs it mm-hmm. and so it's just like funny things like that that you're like oh that's yeah. more quirky but also believable because you do right. know people like that so right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I think that's kind of mm-hmm. my take on the quirky character. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Anything else? Anything important? That what's the most important thing you've learned about creating characters? Um, they need to be believable. I mean, especially yeah. like in my rom coms that are that can be kind of crazy um, and very, you know, unbelievable situations. Sometimes your characters still have to be believable. They mm-hmm. they have to, there has to be something that grounds them. I mean, they can be like, I think about Pippa Grant's books because Pippa's books are wacky. I mean, they are <laughs> funny and they are, you know, just these crazy situations, but her characters are real. I mean, they right. have real issues. They have I, I, specifically her runaway, uh, rockaway bride, I think is the name of the book, but you know, that is a nutty book, especially the way it starts and stuff. But you believe, mm-hmm. you believe these characters, you believe right. their story, whatever mm-hmm. their story is. Yeah. And I just feel like making them as believable as possible yeah. without bringing down the story. Because right. I mean, even if you're writing a dark, angsty story, you still need to have characters. Um, that are believable because almost like on the opposite end of romantic comedy, which are crazy, wacky situations, sometimes angsty characters or angsty stories, the situations can be so terribly dark and hard that it's, it's hard to believe those characters could survive Mm -hmm. without something like humor or sarcasm or right. whatever. And so you just have to make them believable mm-hmm. in whatever situation you put them in. Yeah. Yeah. I think the believability thing is what is my problem with the quirky characters that are like, so over the top. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I just, it's, nobody is really that mm-hmm. weird all mm-hmm. the time, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So that's my issue. Um, I think for me, it's just like, learning that it is the characters that readers identify with and want to come Mm -hmm. back and Mm -hmm. cozies, you know, it's like the whole town, the whole village, they Mm -hmm. they feel like they're friends and they want to come back. And um, I think that the characters that I'm most drawn to 
are the ones that are layered and are very interesting mm-hmm. and makes you go, hmm, I wonder yeah. what makes them tick or what right. will happen next to them and how will they deal with it? You know, things right. like that. That's right. What, that's what drives me back. Right. And I, I agree with you because I was just thinking yesterday, I think that, oh, it, well, I was waiting for Mary Me to start last night. And I was thinking, just wish I could go back and read my favorite rom-com or my favorite mm-hmm. books, not necessarily rom-coms, but for the first time again. And it's yeah. not because necessarily the story, it's those characters. You just want to, you mm-hmm. want to experience those characters again for the first time. And, mm-hmm. um, or you want to experience, you just, people that go back and reread your books or whatever, they're going mm-hmm. back to reread to reconnect with those characters. And I think that's super important. Yeah. That's our goal is to yeah. create characters that people want to read again and again and come yeah. back to. So that's right. Yeah. So we hope this was helpful and gave some ideas yeah. and we'll have some links about the, uh, the link to the podcast you did with the Rebel Sasha. author podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we'll do link to Claire's uh, thing. And if you can find the link to the Enneagram thing that you mm-hmm. printed out that sounds like that's a really good one yeah I'll, I'll send it i mean there are ton, like if you search yeah. enneagram or you know enneagram seven but this one in particular just it seemed sounds it like just it's a was good kind summary. of perfect yeah because yeah. it had everything on it yeah okay I'll get so it. we'll put all those in the show notes okay everything will be wish i know then podcast.com uh-huh. and thanks to alexa larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to adriel wiggins for doing all the admin yes bye So we'll see you everybody next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.